A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome back to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. I'm Grace Victory. I'm your host for this week. So parenting this week. Do you know what? Being here in the studio, I've got mum guilt. Mum guilt. I was working yesterday on a photo shoot. Um, I was in a hotel last night. I'm here today. Definitely got mum guilt about not being with the kids. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a working mother and sometimes that is hard trying to find the balance and yeah mum guilt is not the one this episode is focusing on the juggle between your career and family as well as bounce back culture um which i can't relate to because honestly i haven't bounced back <laughs> And I won't bounce back. I refuse. Um, I'm embracing the mum bod. I am. Um, I'm embracing the overhang belly for my C-sections. I am. Um, And I rebuke falling into that pressure. I mean, it is hard. I definitely compare my career sometimes um, and wish I could do more shoots and, you know, more things out of the house. But, you know, the years of childhood um and raising babies isn't long so i'm trying very hard to embrace them this week we have an actual olympian on the show double world medalist nicoda smythe davis joins us this week she stopped competing due to a long-term concussion injury and during this time she fell pregnant with her daughter raya Like all of us parents, she has been through joys and challenges when stepping into parenthood, especially juggling being an athlete and a mother. We're looking deep into our career and family this week. So welcome, Nakoda, to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm I'm good. I'm really good. I'm happy to be here. Good. So can you tell us about your involvement with Sporty AF and Female? Yeah. Um, so I got approached to kind of be a part of this, what, you know, they described as kind of like just a sit down panel um, with other athletes and AJ Adudu. So I was like, this sounds amazing. I definitely want to get involved. Um, and yeah, we've obviously filmed a couple. Um, there's a few topics that, you know, were either really important to me, um, close to my heart or, you know, things I felt I had stuff to share about. And um it was amazing because it kind of was more than I bargained for to be able to sit in a room with other like-minded females who have been on similar journeys to me and to be able to kind of like share our differences, our stories, our similarities was just incredible. And I remember at the end of the day, I just felt, 
I felt amazing and I just felt like I'm, I've been seen, I've been heard. <laughs> this is really nice and other, other people need to see this and hear this as well. And you shared your pregnancy story on the the show um why do you think it's important to have these kinds of conversations um i think it's important because especially when i was going through pregnancy um you know being the first person in my sport to actually go through a pregnancy and consider coming back um i did didn't know much about it so i feel like we've been sort of winging it and learning as we go along and i think it's important to to talk about it because if other women are considering it as an option now which i don't think a lot of women before were considering that they could have a baby and return back to high level sport yeah then they need to hear other women's stories they need to hear that it's possible they need to hear that there are challenges and these are the challenges but also you know the strengths that come with you know becoming a mother and actually going back to work or going back to being a full-time athlete so yeah so important i yeah i never realized it was like rare to have a baby and then go back to like your career um what what are the challenges in doing that so um i think initially especially in my sport it's a very male dominated sport and i think the idea was that you just wouldn't be as good you can't afford to spend that much time out of the sport and to come back and still be good um and i thought that was the biggest challenge as well you know time out but actually the biggest challenges, yes, have been the physical side of it because you've got to get your body back and you've got to get your strength back. Mm. But actually the hardest part of it is the logistics. It's the the juggling kind of where you need to be at what time. I can't be at training and also looking after little one at the same time. So it's that logistical nightmare yeah. of having to like juggle your life um, and try to give 100% in whatever you're doing. So if it's that you're at home with, with your little one, you're giving 100% there. Um, if you're at training, you're given a hundred percent there, but I'm tired when I'm at training because I've been up in the night with little one and I'm tired when I'm with little one because I've been training hard. So it's the logistical night yeah. of it all. That's probably one of the biggest challenges for me. And you are in judo. You're a judo. Yeah. What, what is the actual name? A judo athlete? <laughs> yeah, you can say judo athlete, okay. a judoka, a judo fighter. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a few terminologies you could use. And tell me all about your career, like how you got started and kind of like where you are now. Uh, so I started judo when I was six years old. Um, a lady came to my primary school and set up like an after school club. And my mum, she's sports mad. So she was kind of like, yeah, you and your brother, you're going to get involved. Um, and that's kind of how we started the sport. And I would say that's sort of where I fell in love with the sport because there was a huge learning element to it as well. You know, the kind of the background of judo it's it's a martial arts and you learn japanese words and you learn you know respect and how to use aggression but in a positive way um and yeah i fell in love with the sport when i was younger and it it sort of just took me on the journey that i'm on now um i decided to go full-time when i was 20 years old so that was about 10 years ago now because i'm i'm 30 now and that was really the decision when i was kind of like oh i think i could make it to the olympics or i think i could go further with this further than just this is my hobby this is the thing that i love to do and yeah it's taken me on like a huge journey the last 10 years and and yeah to where i am right now so you are you are a judo fighter and you then fell pregnant what was that decision like um you know choosing to 
put your career on pause to bring baby girl into the world? Yeah. Oh, that was, it was a tough decision. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a planner. I, I plan things. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with surprises, but I, with, you know, having a child, it was something that I had to plan because in judo, you work in four year cycles, you work towards an Olympic games. Right. And yeah. So thinking about my career, it was kind of like, okay, in Rio, I'm going to be 23 and in Tokyo, I'm going to be 27. And then in Paris, I'll be 31. And I'm like, do I want to wait until after Tokyo to start a family or would I be okay with waiting after Paris, um, after Paris? Right. And I kind of made that decision years and years ago that I would try to do it, go to two Olympics. I'd get my medal. I'd retire, you know, this whole, it'd be perfect. It'd be planned out perfect. I get pregnant as soon as I get back. And that would be that, but the pandemic obviously had other plans. And within that, I also had my concussion injury, which was, you know, just six months before the initial scheduled games. So it kind of put me in a really weird spot and I spent a whole year. So through the pandemic and then afterwards trying to get back to the sport. And a year later, I was still not back. And I kind of was at the point now where I was like, I can either try again, wait six months and try and go to the Olympics and then consider having a family after that. But I just didn't know physically and mentally if I could do that. So when I made the decision to not push on to Tokyo, me and my partner just had the conversation. We were kind of like, we're both ready. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it happens in six months, yeah. if it happens in a year, you know, we'll be, we'll be grateful and blessed whenever that happens. And then I fell pregnant within the month. So Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, an amazing shock. Um, and when the Olympics did actually happen, I was 36 weeks pregnant watching my best friend on the TV win her bronze medal. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just amazing. But it, that decision did not come lightly. That decision was a lot of thought and a lot of having to let go of that Olympic dream for that moment was really tough as well. Um, cause that, that was my life's work. That's everything I've worked towards and to not make that goal was really tough. Yeah. And I think for women, it, it is hard to, it's hard to navigate that kind of desire for children that's in a lot of us, but also your, the desire for your career. It doesn't end just because you want to become a mum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. And what was your, yeah. And what was your birth like? Because birth stories, I mean, I find them interesting, but I think they're also really important as well to talk about. Yeah. 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 I think um, in the time that I was pregnant, it was kind of, I'm going to call it lockdown three. Um, (laughs) I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, Obviously I wasn't traveling the world anymore. I wasn't training full time. So I had a lot of time and I just did a lot of research and I, and I did some hypnobirthing. I took some online classes. I did pregnancy yoga. Um, And I really just wanted to prepare myself as much as possible for the big day. And I kind of looked at it as um, this is going to be like my Olympic day. This day, Mm. this this birthing experience is the Olympic day. I need to prepare for it. I don't want to walk in blind. And it's going to be one of the hardest days of my life. But, you know, at the end, I'm going to get my reward sort of thing. That's the kind of mindset I went in with. Um, And obviously you get there and... I, my water's broke at home and then I went into the hospital. Um, it kind of got a bit 
hairy towards the end of the pregnancy I had a perfect pregnancy there was literally no issues um but baby was a little bit on the bigger side for my frame and they were a little bit concerned that you know I might struggle giving birth and things so there was kind of a bit of panic around this and I'm like do you not know who I am like I'm strong yeah I can do this my body can do this my baby can do this um yes so I held off being induced for a week and then she came on on her own uh, my waters broke and then I went to the hospital um and then they kept me monitored and things and I had a textbook labor um everything sort of progressed as I'd read and everything like that yeah um and it wasn't until we went to delivery that I think well I sort of don't really remember much at that point now I'm a bit out of it but um yeah yeah I think we were just struggling the baby was struggling a little bit um with getting to the end of the the labor and so I needed a little bit of assistance at the end I had an episiotomy and she came through um uh, a bontus um so yeah it was a uh, not the ending that I'd kind of dreamed of in terms of mm-hmm. I had this kind of like water birth idea and she was going to come into the world you know all natural no help yes um, <laughs> but ultimately um we did what was needed and um yeah I was just more happy that she was here safely and um, I needed help so the help was there so uh yeah it was an amazing experience nonetheless um but definitely you know you look back and you're like oh would I have done things differently now that I'm actually there, yeah like- I feel like with birth and what I've from my own personal experiences and hearing other people talk about it there's definitely like a grieving stage after birth grieving like what you didn't get just the surprise experience do you know what I mean like you can't really prepare for for birth you can but you can't because it is absolutely wild but I definitely feel like a lot of us go through this grieving um process do you know what I mean a hundred percent a hundred percent for for a while I was kind of like did I make the right decisions? Did, you know, should I have pushed a bit harder to not have been on my back as much? Or, you know, should I have been like, no, I can push her out myself. I don't need help with the, the suction cup or no, I don't want you to cut me or whatever it is. You know, I, I'm i kind of like second guessing if I should have yeah. made those decisions. Um, and that did take a while. That did take a while to get over um, as long as, as well as all the other motions that come with that fourth trimester as well. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's tough it's really tough bounce back culture i feel like is going to be a whole different level for an athlete Mm. what was what was the process like with postpartum and i guess bouncing back towards you know being the judo fighter that you are yeah i think um i think i was very naive um (laughs) I think I had this idea that you birth the baby and then your body just snaps back. Your body snaps back and, you know, I'd seen other people have babies and they snap back and they didn't have loose skin and stretch marks and this and that. And I was kind of like, yeah, that'll be me. You know, I, I've looked after my body my whole life or I've been an athlete my whole life, that'll be me. But I don't think I really appreciated what pregnancy does to your body and how much it changes it. And it's not a case of your body goes back to how it was. It will never be the same again. Um, and it's accepting, it's accepting that. And um, I think once I accepted that my body would, would never be the same again, and actually it's a different body. It's a body that is stronger now, has been through things. Um, so I think once I dropped my expectation and I just kind of went with it a bit more, I was, it was easier for me to 
kind of bounce back, um, I would say. And I just took my time with it. You know, I knew how precious those first few months were and I didn't want to rush it. I didn't actually come back to judo until she was six months old, as in I didn't actually step on the mat until she was six months old. I just spent time working on myself in the gym where, where I could um, and just taking it really nice and slow. Yeah. But even that is incredible. But even just going back to the gym before judo is incredible because your body, yeah. like I felt <laughs> fucked. I mean, yeah. I still, I've had two, I've had two now. I still <laughs> yeah. feel fucked. Um, so even just doing that is is amazing. And you were still training up to being like yeah, 35 yeah. weeks and I think, pregnant. Um, a lot of people said that because I met other mums as well. It was nice to meet mums that weren't athletes as well, just regular mums so I could feel normal. Um, and they would say the same thing to me. I can't mm. believe you're in the gym and this and that. And I kind of like, that's all I've ever yeah. done. So for me, that's, it's like waking up and having mm. coffee. Like, it's just normal to me. Um, <laughs> Which is what I do every single you morning. It. Yeah. How <laughs> that, are you going to function me. without coffee? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's a norm mm-hmm. for me. Like, I feel like I can't breathe without training. I can't breathe without that feeling. So I think for me, staying in the gym up until 35 weeks was actually more of a mental thing than it was a physical thing. By the end of... By the time I got to 35 weeks, I wasn't doing much, but just to go in there and to feel like I was being productive and to feel like I was moving my body um, was mentally the main, the biggest thing for me. Um, Do you think it helped with the pregnancy and birth and then um, I guess even postpartum? Like, Do you just think that it's part of, I mean, it's part of your life, isn't it? And I guess it maybe helped you with your strength and endurance with birth. Mm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Endurance was the thing I, I jotted down was, uh, it is, it, honestly, it's like an Olympic day, you know, mm. it genuinely is that kind of like, you're on this journey and, you know, as you're getting to the peak of the, of the birth, it's getting tougher and tougher and you kind of got to have that stamina and endurance. And I do feel like my sport and my athleticism is that the way you say it? Um, yeah. Um, I felt like it really helped that I was athletic and I could um, kind of get through the hours of labor. But I had heard before that athletes um, can struggle with giving birth sometimes because we're very strong in the pelvic floor um, and in those stomach muscles. Okay. And the thing that we're not very good at doing is relaxing. Mm. And obviously you need to be able to relax that pelvic floor. Um, you don't want to be fighting against yourself through those contractions. So yeah, yeah. I had read about that and I tried to work a lot on relaxing my pelvic floor. But I think once, you know, kind of the, the surges take over, I don't think I was very relaxed. So I mean, it's hard. I think that might have made it hard, hard for me giving birth. Yeah. Baffled. The Factor Podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. More people in the world have mobile phones than toilets. Since most people are right-handed, in World War II, the Germans trained their army to eat with their left hand so they could spot spies in the cafeteria. A woodpecker's tongue actually wraps all the way around its brain, protecting it from damage when it's hammering into a tree. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you see yourself going to the Olympics again? Like, what is like the plan? The plan. So, coming back, I had no plan. The plan was to get fit, to get fit again for myself, and then to just see how it would go. And from the concussion side of things, I didn't actually know if it would still be possible to come back. So, what happened with the concussion? Um, so, end of 2019, I took a knock to the head, not realizing it was concussion during training. Okay. And 10 days later, I then took a second knock to the head, which um, obviously I know now is a secondary knock. And with concussion, that is really bad. Um, basically, your brain didn't have time to heal from the first one. And now the secondary knock is 10 times worse. <sighs> so I entered a kind of post-concussion syndrome where I didn't get better after two weeks. I didn't, you know, normally you rest and then after two weeks, you can go back to training. Right. And I couldn't do that. Basically, every time I tried to train, I would have symptoms. And that lasted on and off for that whole year. Um, and that's what made it really hard for me to come back to the sport. And that's what made me right. make the decision to not push on. Because I'd had brain scans, I'd seen neurologists, yeah. I'd gone on medication, and I'd tried a lot of things. And I still couldn't tolerate training. I still couldn't tro- tolerate judo. Okay. So when I first came back after the pregnancy, it was kind of like, okay, physically, I think I can do it. Can I, can my head do it? That was kind of the biggest question. Like, could I actually mm. get back to fight in judo? And it was so slow. Like, it just literally felt like two steps forwards, one step back. Yeah. And 
I came back to competition when little one was one year old, exactly. And so it took me a whole year to get back to competition. And we're a year on from that now. So she's two years old and I'm currently in qualification for the Olympics. So I think I'm 17 or something in the world. Love that. (laughs) I literally can't believe Mm. it. Like I say it and it just doesn't feel real. I know I've done it before. I know I've qualified for two Olympic games before. But with everything I've had to come through this time, it just doesn't feel real. I just never thought I'd get back here and I never thought I'd have another chance. It hits different. Yeah. yeah. When you're a mum and you've gone through like a trauma, like a physical trauma, I so I was in a coma after my first because of COVID um, and then obviously went on to have my second and I've healed. And But with trauma and motherhood, when they're kind of interlinked, it hits different. You can't actually believe how how far you can come, how strong you can be, but also how much your body can heal. Like it's actually insane. I, I yeah, and I've I've read a bit of your story, and honestly, I'm just in awe. I think it's you know amazing what you've been able to overcome and everything. Um, and I think it's so important to to share those stories. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I still can't can't believe what I've initially been through. When I tell people, you know, I. I couldn't even walk the dog without getting symptoms and the fact that i'm out fighting people yeah on the other side of the world sometimes is insane and i'm also doing that with now a two-year-old as well yeah it's just crazy i saw on your instagram that you were in san marino yeah yeah amazing place how was that amazing place san marino is incredible it's like my a little, a little part of my heart lives there in san marino and mm. um, i've got a, a coach out there who does technical training with us and we go out there every few months just so we can kind of brush up on some of our technical stuff. Um, in judo, judo is a very, very technical sport. Um, yeah. And when I'm there, it just brings the best out of me. It really does. Like when you're in a happy environment, yeah. a nice place, good food, good people, um, it really does bring the best, the best out I of me. I love that. And with being a mother, what is your favorite part of motherhood? Oh, my favorite part of motherhood. Um, For me, she's at an age now where like, she gives me love back Mm. and she can say, I love you. And, you know, she, she has these little moments where she'll just come up to me and touch my face or give me a kiss or a cuddle. And I just think it's, sometimes I look at her and I'm like, did I actually make you? Like, I, I don't know how you're mine. I just, I just, honestly, my mind's just blown sometimes. And I probably would say like, motherhood is so challenging but every day is different mm. and i think coming from the type of person i was before i had her was i was a control freak like everything had to be perfect everything had to be in line um you know things couldn't step outside the box because then that might affect my competition or that might affect my result or that might affect my chances going to the olympics and i wasn't very good at change yeah um and being adapt- adaptable and she has completely flipped that on the, on its head you know, you never know what night you're going to be in for. You never know what day you're going to be in for when you have a little one. So she's really helped me just let go of things in life that I cannot control. And you can't control everything as much as you think you can. No. You can't. Yeah. And I think that motherhood really humbles you and forces you to be open and to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. I feel like children teach us to like let go and let it be. Like the house just looks awful. Yeah. You not showering till 1pm. Like things just go out of the window. And I sometimes think just 
the best thing to do is embrace it. Yeah. It is chaotic. Yeah. Let it just let it be. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But anyone who knows me knows I'm terrible at that. So Me too. She really has. <laughs> she really has changed me. Do you have any tips for mothers who are trying to juggle work and being a mum? Yeah, I do. And I wrote a few things down. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've found is I came back to this sport as a mother with the same mindset that I had when I was an athlete before I was a mother. And I think that mindset of like, you can do it all Mm. is just not possible. You cannot do it all. Something has to give. And I think it's like, for me, one of my biggest tips would be like, prioritize, prioritize, make yourself a, a list of everything that you think you can do in a day and then slash it in half because that's realistically, oh, realistically what that. you can actually do. Um, I think so. That was one of my my tips. I think, and sometimes you you can't even do it, any of it. <laughs> no, exactly. If your kids, are, you know, if your kids are ill or I don't know, the washing machine breaks, sometimes you can get zero things done. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like if you just put the needs of your child first, no matter what it, whatever job it is that you have to do, then you can kind of relinquish some of that guilt of, I didn't get done what I needed to get done today. Um, and some people won't understand, but you actually can't care what they think because they're not in your shoes. They don't live your life. They're not having to get up every day and look after your kids. So ultimately, you know, you've kind of got to be a tad selfish. Yes. Um, in that sense. Um, one of my other tips was uh, you need to ask for help. If you don't, if you can't ask for help, pay for help. If you can't pay for help, beg for help because you need help. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yeah. I will pay for convenience and ease and peace again and again and again. I, yeah. you're preaching because yes, <laughs> I, I feel like, it's very easy to fall into that like mother role of trying to do everything, trying to kind of keep your head above water at all times. And actually, sometimes you need to deliver a dinner. Sometimes you need to get a cleaner in. Sometimes you need to ask for help. And yeah, yeah. so true. 100%, 100%. Um, I think as well, like being like, this links into just being easy on yourself as well. I just sometimes I think we're very hard on ourselves and mum guilt is something I don't think anyone will ever be able to run away from. But one of the really nice things I read was like, if you have mum guilt, you're a good mum. Because mums that are not questioning whether they're a good mum or not don't have mum guilt. So the fact that you have it is the fact that you're questioning yourself, you're challenging yourself, you want to be better. Um, So just kind of, yeah, being kinder to yourself um, and not so hard on yourself. And then I think one of my other big things is like having a cutoff point each day, which is just time for you to recharge. So for me, it's normally once I've done like the the evening routine with my little one, I kind of sit down and relax and my partner always makes dinner for us. And that's just such a nice way for me to round off my day. You know, I'm not slaving in the kitchen making dinner. He makes dinner for us. Then we can sit down and have dinner together. Um, and that's it for, for the end of my day. Then I switch off. I can put on Netflix. I can you know, do the things that I want to do before I go to bed. Um, and being strict with it, sometimes it's easy to give that up. Yeah, like 8 p.m. Doing, just being, doing the washing mm, and stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because you you want to get ahead of tomorrow but sometimes it just needs to wait till tomorrow and you need to just be religious with that that's my time yes <laughs> i love that sometimes yeah. tomorrow can be for tomorrow oh yes yeah. that's a sermon okay right we've got a um listener message from jenny on email she says hiya first time i've ever written into something like this but i love the podcast and wanted to hear your thoughts i've got two little ones my youngest is 16 months and my oldest is three i've been back at work for a few weeks now and i'm really regretting it i'm working what feels like all the time as i'm from home and i can pick things up as and when but it never seems to end home life is full-on and i think being at home full-time is really taking a toll i really want to take a career break for a short time short time just to get my head back to normal as i'm so overwhelmed at the moment but I'm a little scared to do this for money reasons and I won't be able to jump back into work at the same position slash rate I am now. My husband is the higher earner, but it is not a stable income. Is this the right decision? I hope this email isn't too heavy. I would be really interested to hear what you think, Jen. Yeah, I mean, that's, I can completely understand mm. where she's coming from. Yeah, I can. I... It's really hard, isn't it, to to make the right decision. It feels like what you're going to do or what you want to do is going to be wrong and, um, you know, stick to the safety. But I think you can't be a good mum if you're constantly overwhelmed and constantly stuck at home mm. working, also looking after the kids at the same time, which I think she's doing. That's just too much. Um and I would, I would personally think, okay, let's look at the options here. Can I go into work one day or two days a week and we get childcare or my husband can be at home? Or can we just continue doing what we're doing? Maybe save so that there's a bit more money in the pot if the husband's work um, falls off? Or can we afford childcare? Mm. Because... The home isn't happy unless the mother is, mm. you know? So that would be my advice is to look at options and then decide what, what works for you. But I think working and being a mum is just so tough, so incredibly tough. And postpartum, they say, lasts a minimum two years. So going back to work before that, yeah, it can take a massive toll. Um, and I struggle all the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. And that feeling of overwhelm overwhelmingness i don't think i've used the word overwhelmed more than i have done in the last two years honestly agreed so i can completely completely relate um and i think for me she's juggling a lot of plates at the same time which i think is just impossible to sustain and i think i agree with you there of, of a sense that there needs to be some clear between i'm at work now i'm not looking after kids or i'm not watching kids I'm now with my kids. I'm not at work. I think there needs to be that clear yes. boundary. Boundary. Two. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think then she'll have the mental switch off from the other one when she's in one of them. And then, yeah, just in terms of where else can she pick up support? Is it family? Is it her partner? Is it childcare? Um, to be able to take off some of that load. Um, 
but also she's got to be willing and she has to want to do that as well not not everyone wants the help yeah but i think it's identifying that the situation i'm in now is not sustainable and what can i do to either alleviate that situation that i'm in or to seek help and uh try and change things a little yeah thank you so much for talking to me it's been a breath of fresh air thank you thank you for having me as well you're welcome Thanks for listening to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously if you want, at 075 2737. Email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with another episode, same time, same place, next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.